You're listening to Hope for Today Church Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining in this virtual space. We believe that as you listen, Jesus will minister to you right where you are. So open up your mind and your heart to what the Word would say to you today. Thank you for joining us. And remember, Jesus is our hope for today. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm going to invite you to turn to Acts chapter 2 as we dig right into it here, about 5 after 3. So glad that you're here uh, today. It's a beautiful day. It was pouring pretty good out, but it looks like the weather is changing and shifting. And uh, I'm believing also for a a shift in here as we continue to look to the Word, to truly hunger for all that the Lord has for us today uh, through His Holy Spirit. And so as we go to Acts chapter 2, just as a refresher, we have Luke, and he's writing and giving account of what has taken place on the day of Pentecost, and for sake of remembrance today, our title is The Gift of Holy Spirit and the Manifestation of Tongues. What is their 
purpose. And so my goal here today as we go to this part of uh, the chapter is not to change your mind on the gift of Holy Spirit of whichever biblical view you may hold of him, of his activity, whether you believe um, one receives the full package of Holy Spirit at conversion or if you hold to later endowments and sequential uh, givings, but rather my purpose here this afternoon is to speak to that tremendous blessing that Peter refers to of this multifaceted manifestation of Holy Spirit. Multifaceted manifestation as the Spirit wills and allocates. And so here we see in Acts chapter 2, the followers have waited in Jerusalem. Typically, we're people who don't like to wait, but they've waited as Jesus has instructed them. And when we really look at it, we can see that they knew they'd receive power to witness. Maybe they recalled the words of Christ saying, I will send the counselor and he will help you and he'll remind you of everything that I've taught you. But perhaps they didn't know exactly the kind of gifts that would be dispersed, the gifts that would be given. Now, there may have been some in that number that uh, perhaps would have recalled the prophet Joel who said that in the last days, the Lord God says he'll pour out his spirit and the people will dream dreams and have visions and they will prophesy. No matter what they perhaps remembered that moment in time, this shows us today that as we open ourselves up to the word and the moving of the spirit, the pressure is off. The pressure is off. What I mean by that, we don't determine how Holy Spirit functions. We don't determine how he procures the gifts. We don't determine the gifts that are dispersed. And so what remains? That we desire all that Holy Spirit has for us today. And right now, the pressure is off. How good does that feel, the pressure is off? You know, sometimes you can go to a a conference, and I'm not speaking against any of those things, but the Holy Spirit, the word says in Corinthians 12, distributes those gifts. And you can have every good, well-intentioned desire, maybe speaking and prophecy or have the gift of healing and, and you know all the other gifts. But sometimes it doesn't quite work out that way. And so as we go here to chapter 2, we're going to see how the, the followers of Christ had these receptive hearts to the moving of the Spirit and they were filled for the purpose of mutual edification and witness to the world. Mutual edification and witness to the world. And so all of us here who believe in Jesus, last time you checked, right, you believe in Jesus Christ, and so you're sealed in him, you've been seated with him, and so the promised gift, this multifaceted package of Holy Spirit has been poured out and is in you and within you. He's counseling you, he's empowering you, for this very season. And so let's look to Acts chapter 2. It says, When the day of Pentecost had arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like that of violent rushing wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were staying. They saw tongues like flames of fire that separated and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were Jews staying in Jerusalem, devout people from every nation under heaven. 
When the sound occurred, a crowd came together and was confused because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Remember that part, in his own language. And they were astounded and amazed, saying, Look, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that we can hear them in our own native language? And so Luke goes on to list all the nations that are represented. And in verse 11, he says that they declare, that we hear them declaring the magnificent acts of God in our own languages. They were all astounded and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But some sneered and said, they're drunk on new wine. What does this mean? Now, this is a good thing to ask. This isn't a bad thing. What does this mean? What's going on here? When you walk into a gathering of believers and you hear and see different gifts in operation and function, it's okay to ask questions. What on earth? If you don't recognize it, what on earth is going on here? It's okay. And so today, as we see that these tongues of fire came and rested upon the followers, we're going to dig into this variety of tongues and their purpose. And so hold on for this ride. We're going to go through as much scripture as we possibly can. And first point, number one, is they are a sign. They are a sign. We're told in 1 Corinthians 14.22, speaking in tongues then is intended as a sign, not for believers, but for unbelievers. While prophecy is not for unbelievers, but for believers. If therefore the whole church assembles together and all are speaking in tongues and people who are outsiders or unbelievers come in, will they not say that you are out of your minds? But if all are prophesying and some believer or outsider comes in and he's convicted by all and is called to account by all, the secrets of his heart will be revealed. And as a result, he will fall face down and worship God, proclaiming, God is really among you. When you see her, when the Holy Spirit is authentically moving, edification is possible and growth happens when authentic move of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to touch a little bit more on this importance of interpretation so that everyone can discern and grow. But the big idea for today is this. Our praises and prayers to God in tongues are meant to be heard, knowable, and draw people to Christ. Heard, knowable, and draw people to Christ. We all know Jesus' statement in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He told his followers, you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The key word here is witnesses. Empowered to witness. And so the Apostle Paul, in conjunction with Jesus, has said in Acts 1.8, is that the sign of tongues is of God's continued support that they can live this out. You know, I rest in this when, when you go to work or, you know, you're at a coffee shop or you're talking with people in the highways and byways, so to speak. You rely on Holy Spirit to give you utterance in how to communicate with people, especially in matters of the faith. Especially on hot button topics and issues, you rely on that support. And I believe we've all been there 
Because you're in Christ, the Holy Spirit, right, is within you and giving the words to speak. And when you're removed from that conversation in retrospect, you may look back and say, oh my goodness, where did that come from? Ever had that happen? Where did that come? It was so timely. And so it can be seasoned with a, a word of knowledge and those kind of things. And we're going to touch on that on another Sunday. But we see here the followers waited, they're empowered, and they've now spoken in different tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Testifying in verse 11, it says, about the great acts of God with a discernible human language. Just imagine for a moment if I gave the rest of the message in heavenly tongues right now and there was no interpretation. Would you be edified? Now, as believers, if you've been spirit-filled with the manifestation of tongues, you would understand. But if you haven't, or if you haven't been blessed with the gift of interpretation, you're going to be a little lost. Discernible human languages here. The people clearly said in verse 4 and 6, we hear them speaking in our own native Language. It says here, when the sound occurred, a crowd came together and was confused because each one heard them speaking in his own language. This couldn't be mistaken for a, a type of prayer or heavenly tongue that the Holy Spirit then enabled them to hear. And this is something we looked at on Tuesday night with the men, and it was a wonderful conversation. A little plug there for our men's group once a month. Uh, it was a very meaningful time together as we tackled this. But there's something important also to note here that if you are going to speak in tongues that's not a discernible language, interpretation is so vitally important. And yet here Luke very clearly shows us this is not that tongue. They're declaring the acts of God in their own language. And so if you're taking notes or you're watching online and you're entering this digitally, tongues are a discernible sign meant to be heard and known and to edify us to be drawn towards Christ. Look in verse 12. It says, they were all astounded and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? You know, I have to admit there were times when I'd be in a gathering of, of believers and, and uh, not naively, I would forget where I was. And at a time of prayer, I'd be praying and, and switch over into the prayer language, the heavenly tongue, or as Paul says, angelic tongues. And I remember one time an experience, um, this gentleman looked, leaned over to me and he just kind of looked at me. And I, I caught him because I'd opened my eyes and I was still just finishing off the tongue. And he wondered, what was I doing? <laughs> this is something that if you're a Pentecostal, you affirm this gifting just as you would any other gifting in the body of Christ. If you affirm healing, right, then you would also affirm this gifting. And so the manifestation of the Spirit, it's drawing people in. They're asking questions, but very clearly there are different tongues. Now, I haven't experienced this gift of other languages that are discernible by other people before. I've challenged other people to put their video online speaking in tongues and, you know, on YouTube and see if someone says, hey, you're speaking my language. I knew a man who, when he spoke in tongues, he actually had the gift of other languages, he sounded like a Chinese man and he was white as white. Caucasian dude, he was not Chinese. Interesting, interesting. And you can look online, don't just take my word for it, you can look online and you can see people give testimony 
to this very fact. And so I understand, you know, when you're not familiar with something, you can get a little skittish. You can, you can be a little afraid, a, a standoffish, like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't know if I feel very comfortable about that. But if our goal is desire all the Lord has for us and the pressure's off, the pressure's off. Desire what he has for you. Don't overthink it. Don't resist it. In 1 Corinthians 13, 1, the Apostle Paul speaks this, because you know the Apostle Paul is a learned man. He's a study man. He knows that with the Holy Spirit there's not chaos. There is order. But he says in 13, 1, he says, if I speak human or angelic tongues, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Is this thing on? Yeah. Right? <laughs> Clanging symbol, if I speak a human or angelic tongue. So he's clearly dif differentiating there are different tongues. He says in Corinthians 14, 18, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Now, pause for a moment. There were people in the Corinthian church that had became arrogant. The gifts had become about them. It was no longer about praising God and his magnificent acts. It was about, hey, what gift do you have? Hey, what gift do you have? And it was like a competition. In fact, everyone just wanted to speak in tongues because it would seem so spiritual and they wouldn't be convicted by anybody because they were never speaking in an intelligible tongue. And so when Paul says, I thank God I speak in tongues more than all of you. A little bit of humor here, right? Yet in the church, I would rather speak five words with my understanding in order to teach others also than a thousand words in a tongue. Now he's not saying don't speak in tongues. He's saying there's a time and a place. There's a purpose for everything. And so there are angelic tongues as he's already iterated. Perhaps you've heard these angelic tongues referred to as a prayer and praise language. Maybe it's just been a prayer tongue. Whatever you may have discerned, the, uh, the Apostle Paul, scholars believe, is referring to Revelation 7-11. And I, 7-11, isn't that a store or a restaurant or something? 7-11, wow, amazing. You get everything you need at 7-11. So here at 7-11, it says this, all the angels stood around the throne and along with the elders and four living creatures, they fell face down before the throne and worshipped God. They worshipped God. They praised God. This is why I lean into the definition of a prayer and praise language. Because if he says, if I speak in human language or that of angelic tongues, but do not have love, I'm a noisy gong. Well, here we see the angels in heaven are worshipping and praising God. What do you think that sounds like? Angelic tongues. You ever been in a place where people are praising the Lord and in the spirit, and you've heard it references that, speaking in tongues, speaking in the spirit, and it almost sounds like angels? Have you ever heard someone say it was like angels were in that place? Interesting. A language of praise and worship to God. In Corinthians 14, continuing in verse 2, the Apostle Paul says this, For the person who speaks in a tongue is not speaking to people but to God, since no one understands him. He speaks mysteries in the Spirit. On the other hand, the person who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement, and consolation. And the person who speaks in a tongue builds himself up 
but the one who prophesies builds up the church. So if you ever wondered the function of the two, they're both important, both matter, that this tongue that he's referring to is a prayer and praise tongue that personally edifies you. If you're speaking in this tongue, you are being built up, but the person beside you is not. Now they may understand again, they may discern that, yeah, I have the gift of tongues also, but it's important to speak with an intelligible tongue. In Romans 8, 26, one of my favorite verses, and this really dawned on me the other day. I didn't have this in my notes, and it just kind of struck me, and I'm like, I never thought of it like this before. In Romans 8, 26, it says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness because we don't know what to pray for as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with inexpressible groanings And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. These mysteries in the Spirit. Have you ever been in a prayer circle where people are praying and you just maybe subconsciously just go, hmm, hmm, yeah. Like it's not, you're not even really anything discernible. You're just, you're agreeing. All of a sudden this bubbles up and you're just like, hmm. Yes, Lord. And it, I'm trying to <laughs> articulate this with just the, the, the groanings like we're seeing here in the verse. But I believe that this is the stirring of the Holy Spirit that's agreeing with what the others are saying in your prayer circle. These mysteries, these inexpressible groanings that benefit us, but when you're in the midst and you're hearing a discernible tongue, now everyone's being edified and now they're intermingling. There's this divine exchange that is happening. And the beauty is, from this verse in uh, chapter 8, it shows us this, that when we don't know what to say, when we don't know what to articulate in the human language, the Holy Spirit comes to our aid. It comes to our aid in that this praise of prayer comes forth as the Spirit gives utterance. Have you ever tried to resist that utterance? Have you ever been somewhere when you're maybe you're praying in your car or you're at home reading the word and you feel almost like this bubbling sensation? It's not indigestion. But then you're like, whoa, I'm, maybe I'm not too comfortable with this. And you, you suppress it. I remember this one time I was at a youth meeting. I was 16 years old. And we're going to touch on this later down the road in Acts chapter 10, but... I gave my life to Christ at about nine years of age. And, uh, you know, I've been following him for some time and growing and learning and, you know. But I hadn't um, received a manifestation of different gifts and this disbursement or that of tongues. And I remember in this meeting and actually a friend of mine, Matthew Clark, we were there. And we're praying and we're worshiping and it's a wonderful, wonderful time. And then this gentleman who was there said, there's two of you here that have desired to speak in tongues and the Holy Spirit. Remember, this is a person who believes that they're hearing a word from the Lord and declaring to us a word of knowledge in that time and space for us to be encouraged to receive that gift and utter it. And so we're there, and I have to admit, at first, almost at the same time, my buddy just almost like, it's like tongues of fire just starts coming out, shoo la la la, whatever he's saying. Just boom. And I look over and I'm like, holy cow, 
what the heck is that? <laughs> but he's like, it's almost like this, I can't even articulate to you, you had to be there. But it was such a wonderful time, and then I, I started to feel this stirring of faith. And then all of a sudden, a bubbling-like sensation, it just comes up. And it's not this chaos where it's like, Aah! but it was just this wonderful, I'm going to say peaceful, like a warm blanket, just come forth, this utterance. And it began to speak in this tongue that Paul describes. And I have to admit, I felt so edified tremendously edified, and then the speaker who encouraged us then explained again, reiterate to everyone who was there what was happening, and then everyone, it's like the roof got ripped off the place. Boom! Because he was explaining what had taken place. This is very similar to what happened on the day of Pentecost. Peter explains intelligibly, let me tell you, and listen very carefully, pay attention to my words, I'm going to tell you what just happened. In Acts chapter 2, in verse 14, the Apostle Paul says this in verse 5, I wish all of you spoke in tongues, but even more that you prophesied. The person who prophesies is greater than the person who speaks in tongues, and unless he interprets, so the church may be built up. And so here we see the believers are gathered and this praise tongue has, has occurred. And Peter, as I just said, he stands up and he explains to the people what is going on. And as he explains in verse 16 and 17 saying, look, this is what the prophet Joel explained. He said, in the last days, I will pour up my spirit on all people and your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. And I'll even pour up my spirit on my servants in those days, both men and women, and they will prophesy. And so he's saying, like, this is, this is happening. But guess what? There's still more that's on the way. If you think this is crazy... Get ready. There's more coming. The train is coming through the station. In fact, the train has already left the station, and it's coming to your stop next. And as I was reading through this part of Scripture, I couldn't help but think, again, to the Apostle Paul. He says in Corinthians 14, 21, I will speak to this people by the people of other tongues, and by the lips of foreigners. And even then they will not listen, says the Lord. And then he goes on and says, speaking tongues then is a sign not for believers but for unbelievers. And he continues to explain that if there's not someone who's interpreting, explaining what's going on, the people cannot be convicted, cannot be moved. He says in verse 25, but when this happens, the secrets of his heart will be revealed, and as a result, he will fall face down and worship God, proclaiming God is really among you. And so the Apostle Paul is emphasizing for us today, if there's no explanation of what's declared in the Spirit, if there's no follow-up with intelligible words, especially what happens in a public setting, whether your prayer tongue or prayer praise tongue, whatever you want to call it, it won't sound like praise and worship at all, but insanity. And not the good workout program either and burning carbs, just outright insanity, especially to unbelievers who don't understand what's going on. I don't think anyone here wants to make a visitor run for the hills, run for cover. 
But remember, before Jesus ascended, he said, go into the world and make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit, and to teach them everything that I have taught you. And I am with you always to the end of the age. This is clearly a sign, there's no mistaking it, of God's activity and promised continuation amongst the followers. The Holy Spirit, manifestation of tongues. Where do you rest on this? What are you comfortable with this afternoon? You know, perhaps this is already a gift that you enjoy, or maybe it's an area that you, you have maybe perhaps resisted or suppressed. Wherever you land on it, I encourage you today to desire all the Holy Spirit has for you. If you can agree that he wants to draw people to himself, he's going to do everything possible. He is going to pour out so that you can draw others to him. He's not trying to hold a secret club with secret rites of passage hidden only for a select few of people. It's not just about tongues. But the Lord, our mighty God and Savior, desires to reveal himself to all who will listen. And so here we see in verse 37, after Peter intelligibly uh, explains what has happened, the people say, well, what must we do? They, They believe, they've seen and believe that Jesus is the Lord. As evidenced by these signs and wonders that happened in their midst. And he says, repent and be baptized, each of you for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It was very clear. These next steps were very clear. And what I can appreciate about that, and I I hope you're with me and this is resonating with you today, that when you encounter the manifestation of the Spirit, the authentic move of God, you're witnessing tangible evidence that he is really here. He hasn't checked out. He is here. And I emphasize all the gifts. We're talking about tongues today, but all the gifts matter and need to function. So point number three in closing is this, and it's a reiteration of a lot of what we've already covered. The manifestation of the Spirit is to draw others in. What we see from this account is not only a reassurance to the followers who wait. I mean, they've been waiting for a considerable amount of time. But it's meant to go beyond them. It's meant to assure the people that were in the midst, the people that came from all these different locations, that they too could experience it for themselves. And it looks here in verse 11 to 13, it says these these people are calling them crazy. They're calling them drunk. And so how does this resonate with us today? That this is a challenge or a mark of our maturity to not be overcome with discouragement or resist the outflow when people make or put us under these type of labels. When you're discredited, what will you do? When people call you crazy, what will you do? I mean, as simple as praying for someone who is ill, not everyone's going to be receptive to that. I remember one time I was serving in a place and uh, uh, this poor person had fallen down the stairs and the prognosis was extremely grim and they had already written her off. They were just praying for peace. And, and, And I'm not taking that away. We need the peace of the Lord. But we should never stop and believe that God can move and he can heal. 
But at one point, this, this aspect of the gifts in operation uh, for some of these folk was that they didn't believe it was for today. And yet somehow this limits and compacts the Holy Spirit to operate in such a strict fashion. I'm not cool with that. I want all the Lord has for me. It's hope for today in all things, not just for a few things. <laughs> and so here, the people are being labeled as, as drunk. They've lost touch of reality. And just because you might get that type of label doesn't make it so. I'm now comfortable to the point where I've been ridiculed and, and called every name you can possibly imagine. And, and this is going to sound a little harsh. I don't care. Because my focus, Peter's showing us, our focus shouldn't be on how we're perceived and received by culture, but what God sees and what he hears. The outflow of praise as Holy Spirit gives utterance and direction is important. Don't resist it. Don't resist it. And so the Apostle Paul in conjunction with Jesus said, you will receive power to be my witnesses. He says, there are different tongues. And I desire that you all speak in tongues, but even more that you prophesy, which we'll look at in a few weeks. But if you're here today and, and you operate in that gifting as the Holy Spirit has allocated, continue to lean into that prayer language. Continue to praise and worship the Lord because we know as, as David wrote, when you praise the Lord, even in that tongue, demons flee. Not just from the sound of a heart. Remember the angels before the throne room of God were praising God. And the, the enemy, the gates of hell, cannot even come anywhere near or close to the kingdom gates. That's how it is here. When you don't know what to say, and you feel this bubbling sensation, I'm, I'm trying to put it in intelligible words in a way you can understand. It's able to break through the obstacles. When you're, you know, at... When you've hit rock bottom, it's okay if you feel like you've lost control because the Holy Spirit's always with you. He's in you and he's interceding with you. And so I just encourage you this afternoon, don't resist him, but loosen your tongue and allow the Spirit to give that utterance. Let's pray, Heavenly Father.
his love for you and all you have for us so that we can edify each other. Lord, help us to not be arrogant with these giftings, but to be sensitive to how you're moving and acting within our midst. Father, Lord, I pray also for those who may be skeptical, whether in this house or even online. Lord, I thank you. Lord, your word promises that we don't need anyone to teach us because you're there and you counsel us with sound judgments and also next steps. You advocate for us. Lord, advocate for them. Minister to their heart. Show them the reality of who you are and the wide variety manifestation of the gifts, the purpose of building up the church and witnessing to the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you join us as we close out this time in worship and we seal this? And I encourage you, we we always talk about um, facilitating or stirring uh, an atmosphere here where the gifts can be in operation. Whatever gifts that you already have discerned the Holy Spirit's deposit in your life, I encourage you to step out in those gifts because it's healthy and important that they're all in function and that there's a variety. Worship team. That was a great message, bro. That's so encouraging. Well, church family, if you want to stand with me, if you can, let's worship him as we end here today. Sing us. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, your perfect love is casting out fear. And even when I'm caught in the middle of the storms of this life,
true. No matter the storm, any suffering we may experience, he'll never let go of us. Hallelujah. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.